And what is up, people? How's everybody doing? Hopefully good. Um, we got another episode for you today. Today's episode is all about uh, mentors and muses. So where we landed on that was about a month ago, the news had came down that uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer from the Foo Fighters, had passed away. And um, I'll be honest, it hit me pretty hard. Um, I don't know, really know why yet. And we kind of uncovered that a little bit in this episode. But, you know, I didn't know him personally or anything. But, you know, sometimes <clears throat> these celebrity deaths, some some of them hit you hard. I mean, I can remember when... Chris Cornell passed away just because of the the impact on my youth that it had. I think it, that one hit me hard. Uh, Taylor, I did meet once about a year ago um, down in Laguna Beach, which I tell the story in this episode. And obviously, he's a drummer. We have a lot of similar kind of interests. He's a surfer. Um, and all around, just he seemed like a good dude and definitely a light that went out way too soon. Um so after that happened, I was kind of thinking that weekend and I messaged Mikey and I said, hey, let's let's do an episode where we talk about mentors and the impact of mentors and also just people that are muses to us, whether it's an event or a certain person. So that's what we have here. We actually ended up talking quite a bit about the, the Ukrainian-Russia war as well, um, just because I was curious on how everything was affected, Mikey being in Germany and his travels and everything. Um, as far as the song goes, it turned out pretty cool. I ended up sampling um, a lot of stuff, actually. But most importantly, I sampled some of Taylor Hawkins' drum sounds from uh, a drum solo that he did um, in Rio. So it's kind of a combination of his sounds, some of his fills, and um, the beginning there, you'll know it's coming because it's like a really cool timpani thing that he did. It's from this solo from Rio, I think, several years ago. But anyway, so and then on top of that, uh, Mikey's availability as far as tracking goes for this song was not great. He actually ended up traveling um, to Saudi Arabia and then he's kind of been all over the place since. So there's a few lines that um, Mikey got in that actually ended up being the chorus of this song um, about mentors. And then I kind of took um, a sampling approach for the rest of it. So I kind of combination of my vocals some samples that I found that related to mentors or just to the lyrics. And then also I tried some scratching on this one, something I haven't done before. So um, that was new for me. Um, so I really kind of tried to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and try some new stuff just because I needed to fill some space. So I hope you guys dig it. Um, right before the song, I also play a clip of a story um, about Taylor from a it's from a rock talk show that's on Sirius XM. This guy called in and had a really cool story about Taylor. That's one of the th things that struck me about, th about this death is that all of these people, whether it was Travis Barker, which I talk about in the episode, or Andrew McMahon, had these really cool, memorable stories of him. And he was just the sweetest dude and really gave off off these amazing vibes to like make sure that people knew how important they were. He would kind of reflect and turn it on the other person, which is, which is, you know, you always hope that when you meet your heroes or you meet a celebrity that it's not a never meet your hero situation, which it sounds like for a lot of people, this wasn't, um, and very impactful, uh, person. So let's go. And where's it coming from? From the top of his head. And where's it coming from? Right from the top of his head. Where's it coming from? 
What is up? Welcome to Top of the Head. Mikey, what's up? Hey, man. Late nights. It's, it's feeling right. I'm glad to talk to you. It's been a long time, but... Yeah. Um, Hasn't been too long this time. We... Um, when was the last one we dropped? The end of January with Roberta, I think. So it hasn't been too long, but and yeah, it feels good just to have the the road caster here now in my kitchen at my dad's <laughs> house, and yeah, yeah, just been playing with that a little bit. I mean, we did some some tests to see how the multi tracking thing could work. So this is still like kind of an active test, but I think it, it feels good now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we did one back with Roberta in January, and um, you know, you and I were talking over the weekend. We actually had a little Zoom session with the two of us and our two wives, and it was just talking about the future plans and stuff, and it was really a great conversation, and we were like, hey, we should record another podcast soon before you were going on a trip, but um, what's been going on in the last couple of months? I know you got the cocoa. <laughs> That's one thing that happened. <laughs> you definitely got COVID, right? Yeah, that that was really unsuspected, you know, to go that long. And I kind of felt invincible or, you know, just real arrogant to it. Where, you know, I mean, Theresia, just like your wife is a school teacher, so it's like a Petri dish every single day, you know? I mean, and it's it's of course that you're going to get it sometime. And so she, she got it, and then it, it was about a week, and me and the boys were testing negative every day just with these home tests. And then mm. I went to just meet some other colleagues at work and I told them, yeah, my wife's got it and stuff, but I don't have any symptoms. And I'm sick. She's like, well, how could that be? How can that be? You know, and, I was, and then when I went to the post office, there's a corona testing station there. And I'm like, yeah, how can that be? I should just get tested, see what it is. And it was like, sure enough, positive. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like now. And and that yeah. was kind of, I just felt like an idiot. Like, I mean, I was wearing a mask, you know, when I went there, but like legally I did everything I had, you know, you test every day, you're negative, And if you're a boost, you're boosted and stuff. But that, at that moment, all of that came down on me. Whereas like, I've been negligent. I put people at risk. I did everything I could. This system's fucked. Everything's <laughs> fucked. Like, you know, I just, and, and, and then I, it was spiraling down and spiraling down into the fact where I was, um, <clears throat> you know ripping the paper trash had to go out on that weekend and i was thinking like if i slit my wrists i could climb inside the paper trash thing and all my blood would be soaked up by all this cardboard and like and i was like but then my boys would find me that would haunt them for us life. that's really stupid plus i'm wimp i don't want it i don't want to hurt oh, myself <laughs> I'm and then i said okay i'm gonna i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna start getting really crazy and then they'll have to take me away in uh, an insane asylum and that way, the kids wouldn't be so traumatized, and they would still kind of see me. And then the punishment would be that I would be actually an, an, a sane person in this insane place. And so, just thinking all these crazy thoughts. And yeah, after after I think my wife reached out to you and said, "Can you please talk to Mike?" <laughs> yeah, <Because> well, me- <laughs> to digest that entire like you just said a mouthful in two seconds, which you usually do. But yeah, so you experienced what. Roberta had it as well, like back, um, when was that? Probably right after Some... we had the podcast, maybe. But I mean, she had, she was totally down and out and she was experiencing what everybody's calling COVID brain and just like super foggy and like losing her, obviously the, the taste and the smell, but just like mentally, she just was like totally out of it. But yeah, when you got it, 
and look like you're you're definitely no stranger to to <laughs> to psychoactive Extremes. psychoactive breaks or you know like it's it's unfortunately i mean what do you even have to say unfortunately that's just part of your makeup that's part of like you know there are some mental health issues in your past and like you've one of the reasons you're on medication and stuff so i because i've known you for so long like i'm used to those mental breaks for you so maybe it was good that you and i talked good. but yeah your wife texted me in telegram and was like hey can you talk to mike because something's not right so yeah we recently we recently got this conversion for their for our kind of, uh it's basically like a minivan you know but and i was like determined okay you know like because i was being so arrogant like i'm not gonna get it i can still sleep next to Theresia and you know i'm fine i don't feel any symptoms like i was like i'm staying in the car for two weeks and i'm only gonna go in the house when everyone else leaves and all this stuff and then Teresa's like well do you think if you're gonna get sick like it makes sense to go sleep in a cold car it's not like it's summer out yet yeah and i was like hello rational okay. thought <laughs> <laughs> and so and all that and all that kind of came down and milan then eventually got it maybe a week later mika still mm. had no symptoms at all and was tested yeah. at school and stuff and i mean he's yeah. under 12 but either either way that whole thing kind of catching up at the end and then you know like even adam was just goss. like what is your problem adam goss was just like what is your problem you know like you got it now get over it and like he's like <laughs> he's like man you you don't have any symptoms why are you freaking out you know and and because he's like i had a cold for almost six days which we wanted it to be covid you know to get that uh to be the, the immunity and stuff and right, so right, and he's right. like hey this is the best thing we're gonna we're gonna be going on a big tour to travel you know <clears> for <throat> spirit of space you know in, in <clears throat> april 1st he's like now you're gonna get it and you'll be immune everything is like actually good and, and i was just like yeah you're totally right and i mean i had to sleep a lot and but luckily i didn't have that i mean hardly any symptoms and like yeah, yeah. psycho yeah. psychological symptoms and but it was short-lived and but that was yeah. kind of a, like a shock, you know, because yeah. especially because every it's like all you thought about all day was the war and stuff. And then you didn't want it to be a concern. It was kind of over ready in my mind. And like that's when you're not ready for it. Of mm -hmm. course, it happens. Yeah. I mean, after you and I talked like we you and I tend to play armchair expert armchair psychologist with each other anyways yeah, but yeah. i mean i was kind of saying like do you think it has anything to do with the fact that you are such a control freak and when you're forced into like you're you're not you like you don't know what you're gonna be able to do or not be able to do do you think that has an aspect to it like where you just yeah, felt we, it actually that, that it just brings up something i was just at the parent teacher conferences for mika and there was a day when Mika like left early and he had like this final class that was art class you know it's not like yeah it's totally cool and easy and fun and like I guess he was upset because he's taking Latin and the other kids that are taking French or Spanish they had like a, a shorter day or something they could leave but he mm -hmm. had that class because you know teachers are not there or they, they have COVID or whatever and so all the kids, I guess, told him, like, hey, you still have another hour of class. He's like, nope, nope, the class is done. Like, I'm going home and stuff. And so he basically just skipped out of school. And, like, he told us he didn't know and all this stuff. And the teacher just told me, and he's like, 
Yeah, no, he, he knew, but he was so upset inside because to him it was unjust. And, and that triggered something to me because through therapy about ADHD, it's like what triggers me the most is because we, we think so all over the place and we're thinking about many, many details in this control aspect, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, often da- we often play out in our minds before it happens all the things that bad could happen right. and the worst because, you know, and then you say, well, that's not probable. Everything's going to be better because we're, we're trying to be optimistic about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then when you think, okay, I did everything I was supposed to and... Still I still got hit wanted. with it. That's yeah. when it feels like unjust and I feel like entitled to it. And then I have a tantrum. Yeah. And so yeah, that's, yeah. and that was so clear to me. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Those, those traits are same by me. And I explained it to the teacher and I'm like, yeah, that's, it's great to hear that those things happen in other places because now I'm going to be more aware of it and try to like address it when that happens by us here. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, that well, is, that's exactly right, though. It's out of my yeah. control because I thought I did those things, you know? And Right, right. And we've talked about that stuff with Mika. Like, the more you're aware of that, you know, you can... The more you're aware of your own stuff and how it's manifesting itself in him, you'll be able to... Yeah. <clears throat> not right the wrong, but, like, help, you know? Like, basically, if you're mov- more vulnerable with him about, like, hey, this is a real thing, and this is how I feel, too, like, it's going to be better yeah. than just be like, I can relate to you? him. And yeah, exactly. So that's good. And I've made it through it, you know, and I, yeah, sure. and I can just... Tell yeah, I that. didn't get I didn't get COVID when Roberta got it and Kenny got it, and I never got it, like, that time. And I didn't get the third... At that time, it was right before I was going to get the the booster and I hadn't gotten the booster yet and I still didn't get it. So then I, but then I went and got the booster after because we were going on a trip Dude, to fl- yeah. Florida and I was like, I better have it. Cause a, it's fucking Florida. So you never know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, spring I was like, if we're gonna... let's get that redhead guy. Let's, <laughs> let's start hugging that redhead. Guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Ron DeSantis has nothing, He's but you not never got it the whole time. I never got it. No, <clears throat> no. So I'm good. Um, but the other Ginger thing I wanted... We're healthy. We, we're natural. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. Immunity. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so how is the... How's, how's the Ukraine war? Like, how is that... I don't want to say how's that been, but, like, I mean, from your, from your advantage, vantage point... Advantage point. From your vantage point, like, obviously you see different... It affects you guys differently because of how close you are. And you were telling me that like a lot of Mika's um, school, like there's already yep, different yep. Um, refugees we just, in, right? We, yeah, we just, Mika had football training tonight or, you know, soccer training. And there's two kids that will be will, from the Ukraine that joined the team. So we, we looked at some old shoot sizes because they were saying, you know, who's got size 37? That's mm-hmm. like the European size. I think it's, I don't know, seven or something. But we were polishing the shoes and cleaning them and then he brought them there. And so like, yeah, we're already seeing friends and family hosting people, you know, my Theresia's father, his girlfriend is Ukrainian. So they last week pulled her sister, got her sister there and she's living with them. And then they went and get to the city and got applied for being registered and getting an apartment and, and things like that. And just being registered in the city. So like, basically you can, you can see the migration as, I guess two, I don't know these numbers, but they, but like around 2.5 million people are in Poland 
from the refugees and 250,000 came to Germany and maybe 25,000 in our region, in our state. Okay. And like, and then from the newspapers, they said 400 people, or maybe that's just like families or something are already here, you know, wife and yeah. mother yeah. and child. So, so I mean, some of those things are real and we're already thinking like, oh, we can do this, we have that, that when that woman gets an appointment, she can take this toaster, like here's some kids and oh, I got these clothes. And so everyone's, everyone's doing that. And I experienced this amazing, um, there, there was like a, we went to Vienna, there was a skate jam and stuff. And I brought Milan, who's riding scooter and his friend skateboarding and Mika. We went there and there was, uh, there was like a hand-draw flyer at a skate park and they had kind of a benefit, you know, skate party and contest and you could win stuff. And it just said, bring your friends, bring cash. And it was just like so many people there. And like the Milan's friend was just like, there's more skateboarders like here for this event than there is in our whole state, you know? <laughs> and, and, and then people are, are throwing... Yeah, they're really putting money together and having all these, you know, benefit concerts and things like that. And and I guess on the twenty, what, what day is today? Twenty ninth. Yeah. Twenty I guess they're having some kind of peace talks or in in <clears throat> Turkey right now. And I I follow it, you mm -hmm. know, daily. I'm listening to Clubhouse and talking to other people who are es experts and just going through the headlines and trying to really talk about that's verified and this is what's happening and yeah but you know even Therese you know a lot of people here are talking about okay like the best thing to do is to you know the wheat and the grains and stuff come from Ukraine and Russia and to and and like all the steel from the Ukraine and I know Therese's father he's making these special machinery to like you know what they build for the production halls and out of manufacturing and stuff. So like he's saying that, you know, a lot of his work just stopped and stuff because, you know, those steel parts came from Maripol. Yeah. And then, wow. and, so, and so, I mean, you, you've, you directly feel it, you know, but there's all the other people saying like, there's not going to, you know, as soon as that happened, people running to the supermarkets and buying mustard and buying all cereals and grains and spaghetti. And yeah, because yeah. The same thing that happened after COVID, people with, yeah. freaking out. Yeah, got it. Yeah, but it is a wake-up call, and and even um, me as a you know a film company and stuff, and thinking about the DJI drones, which is a Chinese company, and saying that somehow when Ukrainians were look using the drones, Chinese. <laughs> you know, I mean, I read an article about this that one of the supermarket the chains here, like Best Buy in Germany, they're called Media Mark, that they're not carrying DJI products anymore because they were there was like a information breach where they were giving the positions out of the drone pilots and stuff to the Russian oh, wow. intelligence and stuff. So it's like even the things you use directly daily play yeah. a role in that, you know. But it's still yeah. Well, there's just a big messy. That yeah, it's just funny now when any kind of like big thing like this happening you, that you think about like we're at the point of no return where it used to be that everything that was affected was kind of two steps removed but now because of yeah because of technology you know <laughs> it's splitting families it's apart i mean you yeah. know i mean i i, I listen to um on the on the clubhouse app that there's you know this 
famous actor, a Russian actor that was supporting Putin and, and giving this, this speech and saying, hey, you know, like, just supporting him and an open call for people to not demonstrate and stuff. And his daughter, who already moved out of Russia and stuff, said, like, you know, this, it's a disgrace, you know, that you would support this. And, right. like, it's already splitting families apart. And even, you know, families within my wife's colleagues that are Russian and... Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are will, will support Putin. The younger kids and stuff are saying like this is asinine and stuff. So it's yeah. like already she said there's a trench dug it, it, through the house. Mm-hmm. You know, like two teenage wow. boys that just don't be- see you know, any yeah. right in this. And then the dad who feels just kind of patriotic because I mean wow. that's a diff- that's a different thing. I mean that's even from the separatists in the Ukraine feeling like they were more Russian or, I mean, there were people probably that doing this. It didn't justify, in my opinion, like to, you know, start a war and then destroy everything, you know? And (laughs) so, but I mean, so yeah, that's, that's, you you see it, you know, you you see, yeah, you you see it directly here. So that's a little bit scary for us. And that's something also to think about, like what, Mm -hmm. what will happen? You know, our house was built a year before the war started and, you know, it's just kind of crazy to think World War II? before World War Two. Yep. Yeah. So, and and yeah. that's something that's just kind of haunting here to think about. Wow, I can't imagine someone building this brand new house, and then the next year, the woman across the street who who tends right. to the gardens and stuff there, they have a little garden house, and she's like, "Yeah, our parents, you know, we're going to build the next year, but then it was um, a building that was forbidden to build because they needed all the resources for the war mm-hmm. and stuff." And so that's kind of like haunting. Like, wow, you know. All this stuff is is so connected, and it's only like a day and a half drive, or you know, if to get to get to the Ukraine. Yeah, damn man, that's crazy. I mean, do you feel like it's um, like is there a sense of? Well, you wouldn't know because you didn't live through it, but I guess I should ask Tracy this. Like, is there the same sense when like the wall came down, like that just feeling, like that time period where it's just like this uneasiness, like of, you know, like. I mean, she was super young. How old was she when that when that happened? I I mean, already people were saying like, I don't know, it's been thirty days or yeah, I don't exact. Um, but they're just like, oh, it's back to normal, business back to normal. You know, after okay. that time, I mean, it, there was that panic in the beginning. I mean, when we when we are coming back from our winter vacation, it was yeah. in the Italian Alps, so coming on the freeway and stuff, and we'd see all these military convoys and stuff, and that was. Yeah really uneasy yeah um for sure yeah yeah that's another thing to think about like Teresa just said you know like it and that's when when that was seen i was seeing the cameras i'm like i need to do something i need to drive there i need need to go help people and (laughs) i'll I'll drive around and bring stuff and then it's just like Teresa's just like yeah you're you you want to just jump in and stuff but she's like really the thing you should do right now is fill out the application for my green card because if it ever got that bad, <laughs> then we need to get the hell out of here and I don't want to have to be stayed behind. Like, you know, yeah. imagining the Afghanistan thing. She's like, yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. let citizens go, right. but somebody who's applying for a visa, you know, I'm right. going to stay here. So totally. get that totally. and, and that's what I got to do, you know, and just to be prepared and yeah. be open-minded and think about it. And that's kind of haunting when I think of all the designers that came from the Second World War that came from Weimar, got pushed up to Dessau, that started the Bauhaus, and then they were pushed out, and then they fled all to America, and, like, that was not that long ago that mm-hmm. that happened to them. 
Yeah. And that's, that's really scary. That is scary. Whew. Well, um, yeah. And we were even thinking about it this weekend when we were talking about, you know, with the four of us, with our two wives about you guys are going to be coming here this summer for a trip just to visit. And then yeah, we were yeah. con- coming, we were considering coming when we still are considering coming for the Christmas and like the four of us just kind of were like, well, I hope you can still come for Christmas. Like, I think it's going to be okay, but it's just yeah. weird that we, you know, I don't know. It's just strange. You haven't thought about that in so long where you used to have to like think six months ahead and be like, am I going to be able to travel in six months? Who knows? I mean, not even just like thinking about wars and stuff, but even just now living through COVID, like you don't know, you know what I mean? Well, that, that's the, that's the difference too. I mean, I know, I don't know exactly when the, the problems with Assad and in Syria, when that right. whole war started that, but, um, but if you look at the difference too, it's like dark skinned people, you know, different religions, like, they, we don't want them, you know, like that's not, I'm not saying that, but like that's the, the general sure. thing. There's people protesting and, and then Merkel saying we can do it, you know, and like people yeah. are making all these million memes and just making fun of it. Like we don't want them here. You know, it's going to yeah. break down our economy, but like all these fair skin, these, <laughs> you know, these Ukrainian women and their children, it's just like within weeks we're finding them registration they're put in homes and stuff and like that's yep. the difference too that you see they're one of us even yeah, a place I that was you. an old factory they're making printing presses there like the stuff with mm. Kanaka Monoto they're called Man yeah. Man yeah. Roland yeah huge stuff and and they 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 for Syria they they and all those refugees coming they made like these kind of bunkers there or you know with with cots and stuff all laid out and stuff mm. and, and now when we're, we're talking about doing the same thing, then all of a sudden that's not good enough, like standards. <laughs> They're going to start doing renovating other places, and it's like, wait a second, why is it all right for those people but not yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. So, so you already see that, and that's kind of bad. I mean, hey, you're helping people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it shows, and it's telling, and it makes yeah. you feel kind of like an ass yeah. for, for us in Germany. Oh, yeah. Well... Let's hope we can come visit because we're really looking forward yeah, to no, it. Yeah, no, let's, yeah, yeah I'm I staying optimistic. Staying and positive, I'm, and I, for sure. And it's cool, and, and the weird thing is how entangled, I remember talking to Mike J or something about, a long time ago, about World War III, and he's just like, yeah, he's like, there will be no World War III, it'll just be us against corporations and stuff, and it's like, you see it, you know, the, the guy, Papa John's, I'm mm-hmm. not going to close my 190 restaurants right. in russia because people want good pizza and it's like <laughs> yeah i don't know if that's your you're probably yeah it's just like yeah but what does it is it because you want to make money with the, the people or do you want to send a message that that they're because if all of a sudden all these companies are doing and everything's propagating you can't really get yeah. the internet sources of a well rounded respected i think that puts pressure on people and it's cool to think like okay you know vans stopped or mcdonald's stopped all these things in these corporations and you think like okay that i can imagine being a normal citizen being like okay that's that's direct it's not just like us fighting the iraq war Mm -hmm. and you have no you have no no direct uh consequences of anything you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just hear people protesting it and stuff but you i don't know we were like 13 or 14 i don't or even younger 
but you didn't you couldn't have anything direct and and there the social internet was or social media wasn't there so i mean it's crazy when i thought of people you saw these tiktok films where they're tanking they're trying to get <clears throat> filling up their car with gas trying to get out of there and then they just see the bombs exploding mm-hmm. you know a mile back that's mm-hmm. gotta that's just it's insane yeah absolutely you can really put yourself in their position yeah and and you know just talking about all of this crazy shit whether it's the covid stuff or the war i mean that's why i like it's you can get lost in it so easily and you know it's nice to like find inspiration in other places and be surrounded by people that do inspire you too you know and that's kind of one thing you and i were talking about this weekend as far as why we wanted to have a conversation is just like talk about inspiration and mentors and i think not only just you know broader picture like there's so many people just within our friend circle that i think we can look to i mean you mentioned one just there like with mike J, you know and even like listening to roberta and Teresia talk this weekend about potential new opportunities and talking about being teachers and stuff and like it's it's it really doesn't matter if it's like a friend of yours that like was a mentor or somebody that you were inspired by or a musician or a writer or an architect or whatever. I think like that's what gets us through this crazy shit, <laughs> you know, and able to like be optimistic and, and you know, in all the chaos when you are being creative, I think it you have to, you know, get, let yourself get sucked into that too. And like, let yourself be inspired um, in the, in the chaos. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, that was the that was the greatest thing too. That or this last week where I, I you know, I, I was able to to go back and I, my quarantine time was over and I I felt better and and I just started working out and stuff again with the kettlebell workout that you you shared with me from Juice and mm-hmm. what's her name? Juice and Toya. <laughs> Juice and Toya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that just those simple things of being able to to work out or 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 to make to make music. I was actually trying to plan to, it didn't work out when one, another guy got sick. I mean, a lot of, it's really spreading here too and everyone's mm-hmm. just getting Corona and stuff. Right. So, and because I want to travel, I don't want to meet with that many people, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do another recording with some people, some musicians. And, nice. and that was the thing for us. Um, I mean, yeah, this, this world famous drummer, you know, passed Taylor. away this week. Yeah. And then also my, one of the local, like the best drummer in Plauen, this jazz drummer, Jens Wunderlich, and we all call him Fluff. Oh, yeah. Like he passed away on December 31st. Yeah. Um, so right right as we went into the new year, you know, he got COVID and he was fighting. He got, went into a coma pretty relatively quickly and, and then was fighting that for three weeks and stuff and then passed away. And so I was watching this film that of the, of this, this great, keyboard player and he's got all these synthesizers and he's just an amazing piano player and he uh, with one of their last recordings where they did a live stream at this concert house you know he just started playing to some of the tracks and it was just beautiful and it just oh man it it just broke me out because it's just like right at the end of the song um he just just it was silence you know he's just sitting there listening and and like you just really felt like man this amazing person's gone yeah yeah. And it, it hit me hard. Yeah. And that's and somebody you interacted with personally. And yep. like for me, 
I mean, the guy you're referring to, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, like, I don't know him personally, but, <laughs> you know, he died you on met, Friday met, night. Yeah. I met him once, and um, it hit me hard, though. Like, it hit me harder than most, I don't want to say not even celebrity deaths, but even just musicians. Like, Chris Cornell was a tough one, for sure, um, because it was, like, our youth, you know, like the grunge stuff. Kurt Cobain was tough, because I was, like, 9 or 10, I think, at the time. But this one hit me hard because, well, first of all, we were over at a f- one of Kenny's friend's house uh, having dinner and we were just like laughing and having an amazing time. And then like sh- um, the mom like looked at her phone. She's like, oh, my God, the the drummer from the Foo Fighters died. And I was like, what? And I thought it was fake. Like, I'm like, no way. And then goes. and she like they were, you know, not as like big of fans of them as as I was. And I don't think they realized it all. And so like I just got once I realized it was real, I got like super quiet and emo and <laughs> didn't really talk because it was like, fuck, it just hit me hard. And I was like, didn't look at my phone. And then I was like looking at it on the way home, like what happened. And yeah, I guess they were in um, Brazil for like, um, there was a Lollapalooza Brazil over there. And um, yeah, he was found dead in his hotel room and yeah, I met him like a year ago and he's a he's a local guy. He's from Laguna Beach, so I think that's another reason why it, it kind of hit me hard. Um just cuz it's like a there's like some like local pride heroness to it, you know. I think that would be the case to, whether it's somebody from Milwaukee or someone from out here from my childhood, you know. And so he's older, obviously he's older than me. He's 50. So he's about 8 years older than me. But um yeah, he went to Laguna Beach High School. You know, before the Foo Fighters, you know, he was the drummer for Alanis Morissette. Um, So he's just like has local lore. Um, But yeah, like a year ago, I met him surfing. I just was surfing one day down Laguna and paddled out. And I like kind of looked over as I was sitting in the lineup and like he looked familiar. He knows long, stringy hair. He kind of looks like a Muppet a little bit. (laughs) And then (laughs) and then I just was like, it's like Taylor. And then like, he kind of looked over and I was like, Oh, I thought that was you. I was like, Hey, (laughs) I was like, I'm a big fan. Thanks for everything. And then he, he kind of looked at me and smiled. And then like, he, he put his finger up to his mouth, like to go like, shh, like don't tell anyone like it's me kind (laughs) of thing. And then he like threw me a shaka, like, you know, the, the surf sign. And then he just took off on a wave and it was, he was so cool. And that was my memory of him. So it was, and then like after he passed away, I was looking through Instagram like you do. I hadn't been on Instagram in like four months. And then I was like, okay, I, you know, it's, it, but I just gotta say, it's so great when you have those interactions with, um, people, celebrities and, and they, and it turns they out gra- to be a good gra- one. Yeah. yeah. That they're grounded to you and they just can appreciate you for appreciating them. Like for sure. Are just There's, special. Y- you always things. fear like the never meet your heroes thing, but it's good when, when it works out and they're, they're not assholes, you know? So he was super yeah. grounded, but that's what I was going to say. I saw all these other people posting kind of similar things of interactions with him that were famous. Um, Travis Barker posted something about, he Travis Barker used to be like a trash man in Laguna Beach. Like he he del- he worked for the trash company, and like he was playing in like bar bands in Laguna. And so like his post was about, hey, back in my Laguna days when I was picking up trash, you came to see me a bunch of nights in some dive bar 
when you were playing with Alanis and you said, you told me like, you're going to be a superstar. You got it, kid, keep going, you know, and just, <laughs> that's awesome to hear, you know? Yeah. And then there was another one from, well, that's amazing to think of Travis Barker as a trash man. <laughs> at, well, no, just unsure of himself or as a person who's up and coming because he's just so rigorous and so. Yeah, for sure. You know, exact, like a, like a, a machine. Well, I was wondering if know? that was, it, maybe that was when he was, because he was in the Aquabats. So maybe that's because yeah, it, right. it was before Blink. So it was before he was in Blink. So but it's kind of crazy. He could write a book called From Garbage Man to Kardashian. (laughs) 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 But, and then there was another one, Andrew McMahon from Something Corporate and, um, you know, his solo stuff. He's from Dana Point, but there was one he posted about being in high school and going to Laguna to a vintage, like, thrift shop for, like, a disco high school dance and they were all dressed up in like disco wear and he walked out of the vintage clothing store and there was a taco shop right there and it was Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl sitting outside eating tacos and and he said they were both like super down to earth and you know really nice to him and his friends he's like even though we were dressed like the Bee Gees like they were just (laughs) like super down to earth and I met you on the uh, Monsters of Rock cruise. Uh, I'm the guitar player in Nerd Halen, and I had a story about Taylor Hawkins. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I do remember meeting you, for sure. Uh, w- go ahead on Taylor. Well, um, about five years ago, I was driving Lyft here in Los Angeles, and on a rainy Tuesday night, I picked up uh, Taylor and his wife randomly in my uh, mini Prius and uh, drove them home from West Hollywood to... Uh, where they live in the North Valley. And um, we got to talking about, you know, music. And and I told him I was a guitar player and a cover band and stuff. And, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, I have a cover band too, Chevy Metal. And he said, we're looking for a, a guitar player right now. And I said, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, can you play any Van Halen? And I thought that was hilarious because that's pretty much all I've ever done. And... Uh, we got to his driveway and uh, I played him some videos of mine and he was like, wow, uh, let's do this. Um, I'm going to call you. He took my number and I drove home that night thinking I was in a band, you know, with Taylor Hawkins. And, uh, but I knew uh, right then I wasn't ready at all uh, for that call if it came soon. So I went on YouTube and studied all the Chevy metal set lists and learned all the songs and learned all the deep, Van Halen tracks that they might suggest that uh, the band do, and and uh, weeks, you know, and months went by. Uh, they had a new guy in the band, a friend of yours, Brent Woods, who's a great uh-huh. dude and a great player. Um, and uh, I just, I just every day I thought about you know this call coming, and and I just was playing and playing more more than I played since my teens, and becoming this really really uh, you know well oiled guitar player. Uh, a long story short was I'd gotten in touch with, uh, with, uh, uh, Wiley and, and, and Brent actually, uh, uh, and they let me know, you know, that, that, uh, that Brent had solidified the job and, you know, although heartbreaking, I understood it, uh, that it was kind of, you know, a promise in the dark that night. And, uh, but what, but the 
the best part was that I I got back into playing a lot. So when I finally met Taylor uh, again, about nine minutes after that, uh, nine months after that ride, uh, he said uh, that he was sorry, and that. Uh, uh, but you go do your thing, he said. Go do your thing, and I'll come jam with you. And I left that meeting, uh, you know, thinking about the new idea I had for uh, a funny Van Halen tribute band. You know, they had a lot of comedy, but the, the music was, you know, right up there uh, with the real thing. And uh, I decided then that I wasn't going to wait for any more phone calls, and I was just going to do my own thing because of what Taylor said. And uh, he's the reason that I stopped waiting for phone calls and uh, just started to do it and get out there and do it. And uh, he's as responsible for Nerd Halen, uh, the success of our band, that, uh, as anybody. And uh, I just wanted to let everyone know uh, that Taylor Hawkins was a, a great human being and, a, and, a, and just had a heart of gold. And uh, he just loved music. And uh, Yeah, no and doubt. I mean, that's cool. that's come... That, that that's absolutely come through, Caleb. I mean, in the last couple of days, and from my own personal experience, having known him, uh, you know, everybody has echoed those thoughts. But that's that's a really cool story that he inspired you to move forward and get better and and do the band that you're doing now. Did he ever? Did you ever end up? Did he ever end up jamming with Nerd Halen, or did you ever end up jamming with him? No, uh, you know, uh, he said he would, and uh, and uh, I always thought like. The, with the trajectory of, of the band and the success that we're having lately that we would meet up eventually. And that he, you know, he would, he, you know, Brent, I saw Brent at the Eddie Van Halen, you know, tribute that you were at with at the whiskey we played there. Yeah. And I ask every time I see Brent, I'm like, you know, is Taylor, does Taylor know like, you know, <laughs> that he's responsible for nerd Halen. And uh, he says, yes, he does. And uh, so he, I'm glad to know that he knew that, uh, that I'd gotten my shit together, you know? And uh, yeah, you know, it's really, you know, that's a great sad. story, man. Really, it yeah. It's, it's that. heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. People are going to be processing and dealing with this for, for a long time. Caleb, I got to run. Good to hear from you, man. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see you. We'll see you at monsters on the mountain, Eddie. Thanks. So okay, much. cool, man. So yeah, that one just hit me hard and it just got me thinking about like the way you know, I wouldn't say he was like a direct influence on my playing or anything like that. I think he just kind of represents a, a drummer. I don't want to say trope, but like a. Well, here, um, tell me. Yeah, tell me about that time that I know there's. I don't know what YouTube channel that is or the mm-hmm. series, but like where drummers break down, you know, amazing drum uh, recordings. Didn't you watch that with your dad? Yeah, yeah, I did. I've watched a lot of stuff with Taylor, and I think that's the reason with my dad about him. And I think my dad has always like really connected with him. He kind of looks like my dad did in the '70s, so there's probably that to it as well. But I kind of associate him with my dad. He's just kind of this laid-back, goofy kind of stoner guy, which is my dad at heart. <laughs> so you know, always smiling when he's playing and stuff. So I think that's probably the reason. Um, I connect with him so much because, yeah, influence-wise, I don't really play he's like a, him per se. Like I'm more of a funk player, and he's more of a straight-ahead rock guy. But and minimalist stuff, but you, like just like your dad, all those roto toms everywhere, yeah, and all these yeah, things, and for sure, sticks flying 360 yeah, degrees. <laughs> yeah, he's like a throwback to the 70s, and there's something, there's kind of a lost 
uh, lost art to that. There's not many drummers like that anymore. So, but yeah, it's a bummer. And I just finished reading Dave Grohl's book too. And he talked a lot about Taylor and how they were just instantly connected. Um, he talked about when the Foo Fighters had played like a several shows with Alanis Morissette when he was with Alanis. And I think one of the first things that she said to Taylor was like, so what are you going to do when Dave Grohl asks you to be the drummer in his band? <laughs> Cause they were like attached at the hip, like immediately like hanging out all the time. So that it was, <laughs> it was kind of destined to happen. That's, that's such, okay. You know? So, um, but yeah, I can't I don't know. imagine Alanis Morissette like being on tour all that time. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, to me it was just more like radio starting, but I guess all the er, that was early, alternative so yeah and so same and that came, all kind of came together right well that was back when there was just a documentary on hbo about her um that actually covered okay. a bunch of that stuff but she she went through like a real um kind of brand and and look change in the 90s she originally she came out of canada and so like in the late 80s her trajectory and everything that she was doing was like she was going to be like the next Paula Abdul that's what she was trying to do and then all of a sudden she got dropped from her label and it was all this like poppy stuff and then she moved to LA and met this other producer and then they started that was right around the time of you know 90s alternative was exploding so she started writing this yeah. way more deeper stuff and you know yeah, so ironic yeah <laughs> yeah and the you ought to know stuff and it was just more had more grit to it yeah. And, and, she, was, and she's just an amazing singer and stuff. So yeah, she could just kind of refine it how she's presenting. Yeah. It. So he he tried out cool. for it just like anyone does, and you know. So they were, but that band, the the bass player from that band is still in one of his or was in one of his side projects, and I think one of the other guys plays in Jane's Addiction now or something like that. But okay. So anyways, they're all good musicians, but yeah, I don't know. I digress. I I was I wanted to think about yeah, just talk about different like mentors or heroes. I mean, we have a lot of them in music and stuff, but can you think of one for for you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I just started I I actually just want to bring up somebody like like in the last uh couple months. Okay. That's been a mentor. I'm like this, this, so I've been on this clubhouse app and mm. it's, it's really like beautiful cause it's a small community, you know, and, and this, this guy, Kane Mayfield, he's got this, uh, this kind of room where you can come in and it's called neighborhood jewelry. And mm. he's like, you know, the jewelry is the information and you know, the, the, the neighborhood is the people like, and he's like, and nobody's going to charge you to show you the way to the bathroom like based on all there's a lot of people that are like cryptocurrencies and nfts and you know you can you can buy my course or i can teach you how to do it and stuff and he's like this shit you know like you can learn this stuff like in a, in a couple of weeks and we're here to, to share information like this is what can empower people you know in poverty and this is what the blockchain can do and stuff and so he has this community and i never heard of this guy and i guess he worked on wall street and um but he put out an album in 2015 and i mean right when i'm looking at this there's only 142 followers 
and he's just been kind of like my mentor lately because first of all he when i play this adam i know the first thing when i when i play this track like you're going to tell me i'll say what does this sound like to you okay, okay? yep hit me i wrote this when it was raining uh. you hit a symbol streets wet rain splash on my window state trooper flashlight taps on my window that <laughs> what does like, that beat sound like sounds like tribe yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, like, this guy always in the back of the rooms, and, and this is what's so cool. Like, you know, Clubhouse, the, the, the thing that I love about these social um, audio apps is, like, mm-hmm. you don't see people. So, like, people don't have time to just, like, look beautiful or, <laughs> you know, f- polished and stuff. Like, they're just talking. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a live podcasting thing, and, like, you really get to know people, especially if you, you're coming back a long time. So, like, he's always playing music in the background. He's like... I don't understand why nobody else is DJing. He's like, everybody on this, like, you know, it's, he's the only guy that likes playing music. And, um, and he's always playing the tribe songs and Gangstar and all these things and Illmatic and all these tracks, the instrumentals that I grew up with, you know, in 1994 or, or, you know, wanting to be a rapper so bad and writing rhymes and stuff. So it's like, I feel like, wow, you know, this guy's, and then out of the blue, he finally tell. He's very humble, and he's just so generous about like bringing people together and helping people. People pitch their idea for an NFT project, and he he's very critical. And he's like, "I'm here because I want to be here. I'm not gonna. I don't give a fuck. You know who you are. I don't even know you. This is just an app. You yeah. know, I can delete this off my phone. I've never talked to any of you again. Right. So he's like really." kind of hostile and stuff because he wants it to be it's like a training thing you know mm-hmm. like and and it's really cool and so he put his project out and it's called handprints and like this was the a track that he had it's it's uh it just it's it's telling this whole story of being like um the kids that are making our clothes and our shoes and all this okay. stuff so yeah you won't yeah. try to we make that uh, stitch they won't yeah. fashion and and what's really cool is I mean Yeah, like if I go to here, you know, he just talks about whatever god you love is a prick. Fuck you, fuck your chain, fuck your watch, I hope more planes crash and kill your whole country. You make me Like the, the super hard lyrics where you really I was like it's almost like a film like it's he's just so loose and he's he's a comedian kind Mm -hmm. of i mean he's so funny and that was making me think about open mike eagle and how like actually to be a rapper is is to be an actor and a comedian and and absolutely he's got these tracks he's like you think that have you ever met a drug dealer that wears gold chains and tells the tells everyone how he don't pay taxes and how (laughs) his money's like no because they're more like an actor you know anybody telling you that stuff and yeah he's and so this project he's doing is like he put out this content he made some kind of wearables for like the metaverse stuff and he made some amazing remixes and he just it was really beautiful and I had no idea that he was really even a rapper and then like I fell in love with the music and I was like this was made in 2015 you know it's not really out there no one's Mm -hmm. even talked about it but it's amazing and it it just made me feel like that's how I feel about myself (laughs) or me and you it's like we make this music we love it it's our passion you know and it's it's a privilege actually that it's not our day job and and yeah. and I'm totally okay with it. So yeah, like yeah, I, I, sure. I bought this NFT project for two point 
two ETH, which comes to like $600. Okay. And they do these things like an airdrops. And so I'm really excited to get those remixes and whatever. But that was kind of something that for me, it was kind of uh, very, it's, he's my mentor right now, even though I've never met him. He doesn't know him as mentor, but like we're, we're yeah. talking and sometimes I'll make a hint and I'll be like, oh, did you ever see the, the video from Tribe Called Quest and Leaders of the New School where it's like the, um, oh, what's the scenario? Buster yeah. Rhymes yeah, is yeah. in there and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this looks like hip hop coming into the metaverse because it's like so funny. Like it's got that kind of cable access TV. Yeah, metaverse. yeah, that's funny. And the <laughs> And it's just, it's cool. And so it's just nice to, to catch with somebody. And yeah, but I mean, if I look at the, on the professional, it, something, someone out there, you know, like MF Doom and, mm -hmm. and that's what I learned a lot about too. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, you know, comedians that are rappers that Open Mike Eagle has this uh, podcast where he interviews this guy Dante that was, I don't know, executive producer for Electric Records in the mm -hmm. early nineties. And mm -hmm. Signed a lot of artists like Grand Grand Puba and Brand Nubian and KMD, which yeah. was the, the band from MF Doom, where yeah. his, his brother got yeah passed away, and and it's just like if you read about all those hardships and stuff, the, the cool the best line in that podcast is this guy tells him after they you know MF Doom all made the artwork for his own albums and stuff, and that's what basically caused a huge. Uh, kind of undermining and they, they dropped them because it was one year after Ice-T did the Body Count right, uh, cop right. killer album. Where, yeah, wasn't the I KMD, the, wasn't the KMD like cover, there was like a lynching or something, it was something like super. Yeah, it was like this character that was their, their kind of, what do you call it, uh, yeah. mascot thing yeah. and it was hanging himself and, and it was just. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Black mm -hmm. bastards and like you filled in the blanks like hangman. That's right, that's you, right. You know, yep. And so that, that, that art did it, and, and basically the cool thing that he said was, he goes, I thought he's like, this guy Dante was, was he's like, I was pissed, you know, like, and I couldn't believe this happened to him. He's like, but Doom wasn't pissed. He just said, what? I got, I got all my masters. I got the masters of all my tracks, and I got paid $25,000 because they dropped me. I should get dropped more often. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because all the recording, the studio time and all that stuff, he got those masters and yeah. left and it's his. And right. and then, you know, he goes on years and stuff later and that's, you know, becoming this. The norm. Just now. totally free, this MC. And, and yeah, it's just amazing. And it's such a legacy. And yeah, it's amazing to know, like, you never know what what things, what seem like an impossible moment can and shine for you and yeah for sure that's something to look forward to and i think it's important to say too like the mentors and and um heroes and people that inspire you can come from so many different places i mean like yeah. like just just as we're talking like when you when i listen to you rap i don't think mf doom when you listen to me play drums you don't think taylor hawkins but it's <laughs> but it's a but it's more of a vibe and more of like that's actually a good thing because like it's a, it's a well-rounded um, uh, everything you're taking in. Like I, I would put a lot of different, like in the last several years, I always kind of have, but I've been obsessed with different stand-up comedians and like, I'm really, I've always been into like indie comedy and stuff, but I'm not a comedian, but I think that there's a lot of people that I look to for inspiration as far as like what they talk about, how they craft their jokes, as far as how 
it can be translated even into the way I produce stuff. You know what I mean? Using yeah. using sound clips from different things. So yeah, from comedy to music production, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, come from comedy to music so production, I'm, absolutely. I'm and now when I think about back in Confusion days, it's funny because now. <laughs> We're finally now, 25 years later, you and I exploiting the right stuff as far as what what we're good at. You know what I mean? Because there's now I look back at Confusion and yes, we wrote some cool songs, but everyone remembers the top of the head. Everybody remembers the freestyle. Everybody remembers the quote unquote show Mike and everybody was going to put on. Right. So like there is something to that, too, as far as. The same, like you were saying, like an actor or like someone that's putting on a persona, like that was your persona, you know what I mean, when you're freestyling. And I think I'm really happy now that we're kind of just focusing on it. We got lost there for a little bit, even last year, because we were so focused on, hey, we got to write these professionally done songs. But you and I, you know, we talked about Taylor Hawkins dying on Friday. The four of us talk with our wives and then you were just like, Hey, let's do a podcast. And then last night I wrote a, I wrote a loop <laughs> for you to wrap over, you know, like just quickly. And that's exactly how it would have manifested in confusion. You know, yeah, like there would have been a show. This just happened. What? Yeah. Let's do something. Let's do something. We got a show. Okay. Glenn's got this bass riff. Gary's got the, okay, let's, let's write this thing for Mike to wrap over. It's the same thing, you know? And, and that's, it's the, it's the ball of energy bouncing off the walls. That's exciting. Not just the, um, the perfectionism, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that was interesting too. The, my, you know, my mentor for being the radio DJ at, at 91.7 WMSC, Mike J and, and just rapping and DJing and together. And just, you know, he always told me, he's like, you know, like, what did you remember? He would always ask you, like, if I'm like, oh, that was so amazing freestyle. Like, okay, what what'd you take? What was the takeaway? You know, and he's like, you got to remember that, like, people will only at maximum take 10% of what you said, you know? And then, so I was thinking, like, that had a huge influence on me. Like, it doesn't matter because if I, if I freestyle, and even if it's not amazing or something, like, it's better to go there unknown and just be there in the moment and try to connect to one person about the, the clothes they're wearing or mm-hmm. a conversation you had when you walked in or helping you carry the equipment in because right. they'll remember that and maybe some context around it so much special because that shit never happens. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. people up there like rocking out, being in their own world and letting yeah. that permeate, you know, the club or wherever you had. But like the, mm-hmm. for me, it was always like, how can I pull more things in? And that was what I what I was good at doing, not thinking of amazing political lines or no. you know, super Or even witty. pre even pre planning a bunch of stuff either. You were better just at in the moment stuff and that's what we've yep, yep. realized as well, which is good. Yeah. I mean So here let's talk about that or let's go through some of the things because it it was so cool, like just in this last twenty four hours, yeah, how this little loop pr- progressed or do you you know, like yeah, can yeah. I play? It's, yeah, we have so like five I, different beats and then yeah so i started working on um i started working on this thing so roberta bought me this thing called the touch me playtronica it's not dirty but it sounds <laughs> like it <laughs> what did your wife buy you <laughs> for valentine's it says, day touch me really large on it <laughs> it's got two parts where you hold on with both thumbs no um so it's got these like little 
um yeah it's like this bar with um different touch nodes and when you touch the different parts you can basically pick the key you're in and it'll it'll modulate um based on what you're touching it's really crazy like there's all these videos of people hooking up um like clamps to like mushrooms and stuff and like it's basically just needs a I forget what it works off of, but it's, I think it's just the, the heartbeat in my finger probably, or like the, the electronic pulse, like that it is generating, Uh you know, but it's kind of crazy. So that's what I started with is just picking a key and then this modulation. And then, and then I just added like my own beat. And then I was like, okay, let's, what else could I do with this? And then I was like, you know what, what if I, we were talking about, you know, the whole inspiration about talking was that Taylor Hawkins died. And I was like, well, I can't really like sample Foo Fighters because that's, that'll get kicked us off the podcast <laughs> network real quick. I'm like, but I bet you there's some video or something of him doing a drum solo. And sure enough, there's a bunch of drum solos of his on YouTube. One is from Rock in Rio from 2019. And the beginning of it, he's playing a He's actually maybe it's towards the end, but I, I put it at the beginning. He's playing a timpani, and my dad played a timpani when he was studying at the Conservatory of Music in Milwaukee. And one of the things I always loved about timpanis, similar to rototoms, is you know, rototoms you're turning it as you're hitting it, and it's making a different tone. But timpanis have that same effect, where depending on where you're playing on the timpani, it has a different tone to it. And that's why I always love those okay. things, you know. So it has more tonality than just a regular like one hit drum, but yeah, so then I sampled his drum sounds for my own beat, and then also I used a couple of his fills and basically sampled them on the MPC and then just wrote this beat around Taylor Hawkins' drum solo, I guess is the base, best way to put it. So it became this kind of super experimental at the beginning, and then it kind of locks into a, a, a set beat. And I thought, man, this would sound awesome with Mike rapping over it. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that, actually, I had no idea. Like, you know, because you didn't tell me all that stuff of how the electronics worked. But that's almost like the way a drum solo would would work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like the programming of it. Like, because you're just kind of you are moving around, like, right? Different, hitting different parts and right. Yeah, and that's kind of why I liked it because there was a there was a ra- a randomizer quality to it. You know, there was I was definitely in the same you know, had different notes in the same key. And then I added um, some other lead lines as well. But yeah, it kind of just worked with the chaos. It reminded me of um, this band called Shy Child that I sent you earlier. I was like, man, this reminds me of that, that Shy Child band. But it also kind of reminds me of the chaos of the Mars Volta, the way like different crazy drum fills would happen like in the middle of stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, so which one was that? Was that the first one I did, or the second? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, yeah, that was the first one, just Tyler, and then now there's Tyler too. Should I should I just start trying to do stuff over? You should probably each say one? his name right, Taylor, not Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely my the, the hardest thing for me. Like I learn it once and I say it quickly and just, and then I have to spend all the time trying to remember it. T- Tyler. It's okay. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins like Why do I Yeah, Tyler. Okay. It's not Tyler. Taylor. Taylor. Which is my brother's middle name. Oh man. 
Taylor Hawkins. This is how you remember it. Adam's brother's middle name. Not that you remember that either. (laughs) (laughs) And the high school in Stranger Things, or the grade school, is called Hawkins Elementary. Yeah. Okay. Will that help? Probably not. I'll have to correct you five more times. All right, let's hear it. Just hit it. See where it goes. Let the rhythm hit him. 